0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Yes, indeed there is, and welcome to Rescue Radio. Tonight we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for the past year. We thank you that you have been faithful, that you've gotten us through, Lord God. You've done many awesome things, things that we didn't think we could get through. You've accomplished them. You've prevailed against our enemies, Lord. You keep your word and your promises. So tonight, Lord, as we consider the new year and the time that you've given us, the time that is set before us, I pray, Father, that you would give us new eyes to see what you have to show us and to hear what you have to say to us, Lord God. That you would give us a heart that would understand, that you would expand us as we understand through the revelation of Jesus Christ, through your word, what your spirit is actually saying to us. And that we will not get caught up in the in the uh, world's way of managing time and setting goals and, and directing our, our lives. But, Father, that we will look to you as our... Um, as our a Lord, as our Director, as our Leader, as our Counselor, Fathers. So tonight, may you give us, Lord, a blessing. May we speak as the oracles of God, and may we enjoy this time with you and with each other. Amen. Well, we have Jerry back with us tonight.
2: Yes. Hey, I'm Welcome. glad to be here.
1: Welcome home. You're just in time. <laughs> just in time for the end of the year, right? Hey, I gotta. I, I thought we would do a New Year's resolution kind of talk tonight, because so many times people get at the end of the year and they kind of want to do a a tally and take an inventory. You know, we kind of do that for business sometimes, see what we've got on hand, what we need, what we would like more of, how to get more of what we think we need and et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, and and I think taking a tally on our lives and and spiritually might not be the wisest thing to do if we are putting ourselves in charge of that, uh, that inventory, because more than likely we're going to be, um, using the counsel of the enemy to make our, uh, our estimations and, and uh, making our, our, you know, doing it and assessing ourselves through appearances and what it looks like, feels like rather than what God says. But, um, so we're going to be doing that tonight. So what would you like to say, Lord, Jerry, in our first uh,
2: opening up? Well, you know, it's good to evaluate, you know, before the Lord, you know, and, uh, uh, you read a lot of the Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah and Isaiah. They, they always, you know, were calling the people of God to look at where they were in mm-hmm. their lives, mm-hmm. yeah. to show them their need for repentance and so forth. So, um, I, while I agree with you that we can just really be hard on ourselves and pick ourselves apart based on outward appearance, what it looks like, what it feels like. Mm-hmm we 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 can judge ourselves harshly, paul says i didn't even don't even judge myself
0: that's right
2: no so there there's something to discern i mean it doesn't mean that we never evaluate and we never reflect, but uh we it's you like, can't go by what it looks like, what it feels mm-hmm. like you know has there have we had have we had uh, smashing successes in two thousand fourteen well. or does it look like it's compared all to gone somebody down else? Maybe
1: yes, maybe no. But comparing well, is not good. Well, that's either, the thing
2: too. Is a danger is that we compare ourselves with ourselves. We yeah, compare ourselves good. within another, and Paul says uh, that that's not wise.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, this time of the year is probably the best sale uh, of self help books and resolutions and how to do, how to do and uh, those kind of situations where people want to get better. You know, they're going to. It's usually kind of centers around health. Uh, losing weight, counting calories, um, stopping doing something that's detrimental to you, whatever. And a lot of us get really tangled up. And um, I think a lot of that stems from, let me just kind of talk about this for a minute, it stems from our own dislike of ourselves. We feel unfulfilled. We feel like not good enough. We feel maybe guilty. And I think we, you know, some people do penance to try to um, get better feel better even out the score between sin and goodness in their life and penance kind of you know evens out that balance again but a lot of people they try to self-improvement i think is a you know production performance perfection uh self-improvement self-help all of these kinds of things are very appealing at this time of the year um talking with some people you know that Call up and ask for help, um you know we can get really in a we can we can get so obsessed with how we're doing or how we're not doing you know I need to i should have i'm still um and I think one of the the, the fruits of that or the you know obvious things that comes out of that kind of a distressing way of living is exhaustion, mm. fatigue um yeah. obsessions. <laughs>
2: Uh, it 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 wears you out if you're focused on the
1: mm-hmm. the
2: wrong kinds of things and and uh
1: looking to those things to make you feel better or feel uh acceptable or worthy
2: yeah we we're, we're 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 told through the uh t v commercials and so forth take charge of your life mm-hmm. take charge of your health
1: mm-hmm. it's up uh, to you yeah you know,
2: it's 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 yeah. up to you and uh so what does it do it it focuses on our Uh, our willpower.
1: And our weaknesses. And
2: our our weaknesses, our perception of... what we're doing well and what we're not doing well. And then,
1: well. of course, when you're doing that and you're focusing on your willpower and you fail, because, of course, we're going to fail because it's a total setup already spiritually to set you up. It's not a, We're on this torture rack between I've got to quit, but I, but I can't stop, whatever it is. And so we're, we're already trying to improve, be better, this, that, the other thing. And then something happens so we don't reach our goal. And so now we're feeling bad and guilty and like a failure. And it kind of keeps that cycle that vicious circle that vicious cycle going round and round in their life and 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 you know as you go on year after year after year and don't feel like you're making any progress spiritually financially emotionally relationally whatever it is you know we get to the place where we want to just give up and that's exactly the fruit of darkness to give up and get depressed um and and just how many people at that at this point in their life and even in this time of the year because there's not much sunshine out there. Whatever, they're just kind of wanting to give up. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, some people have have are living without purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a uh, a friend that, uh, and uh, in particular, I'm thinking of now that feels like uh, they have no purpose mm-hmm. in their life. The best years are behind. Getting up there in mm-hmm. age and so forth. Best years are behind, and it's just a matter of. It's just all downhill from here. Yeah. There's really nothing to look forward to. Just try to survive and maybe have a few little uh entertainment perks and and that's yeah. about it well so,
1: you know young people they have potential. they look at their life as well i you know I've got all this I want to do, and I've got this idea and this purpose and this you know they're excited to get going and on the other on the top of that hill, people are coming down the hill with their that now they've they've missed it, they didn't fulfill it, they're not happy. And just how do you live a life like that? Obviously, it's it's kind of a burden to have want meaning and purpose in your life. I mean, I don't see the squirrels and the and the rabbits frustrating themselves with trying to do better and improve themselves and grow a thicker coat of fur and store up more acorns for next year. I mean, I just I don't think they do that, do they?
2: Well, for right, I mean, they just they just they're, do happy that. With they're content. They're, they're pretty much content programmed and in their instincts, you know, by well, by God to do what they're going to do
1: and to prepare of,
2: and to operate.
1: Speaking of God, you know, God has built us to have a desire, uh, have, need meaning, purpose in our life.
2: Mm, yes, definitely. And we uh, mentioned the young people, Marjorie. Uh, there are so many choices that young people have today. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, there's always been,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: choices for young well, people. What, what am I going to do with my life uh where do I start mm-hmm. you know there there there's all kinds of voices speaking to them they, and they voice. they have their voices school voices. school counselors they have but, they have uh friends and family and uh uh media of all kinds just kind of all pushing them in one direction and but it's difficult to you know I'm thinking of I mean all of us in a sense We've got these choices to make every day, well, but a young person is just bombarded with things, and maybe their values aren't quite mm-hmm. lined up, rock solid. Yet they're testing everything, right? And so it's it's easy to get into a lot of confusion.
1: Well, voids, voids. I think a void is where what we're all talking about emptiness that pain of the vacuum whether you're a young person an old person a medium-aged person it's that vacuum that void that need to fill that and and uh, some people are trying to fill their lives with the sensations of experiences um, uh, exploiting their sensual uh perceptions and uh, whether it's the movies or taste buds or whatever it is they want the experience that's what they think will satisfy them they they've got the adrenaline they want that thing to push them to new heights new ecstasies and i I really believe the po- the problem is we're created we're created by God to need meaning and purpose and there's no Nothing out there that can really supply that meaning and purpose outside of the Lord Himself. And if people don't find that, and believe you me, there's plenty of, of distractions upon that road and on that journey to find meaning and purpose, and quiet, and contentment, and peace, and joy in your life. And 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 people are just becoming shipwrecked uh, trying to find something that makes them happy, when in fact it's the peace and the contentment of being of being and not doing. That really it bottom lines at being okay, being loved, and again, that's another void. A lot of people aren't loved,
2: right? And and people, uh, you know, we're created in the likeness and image of God for mm-hmm. a very great purpose here on Earth, mm-hmm. and a, a great purpose beyond right. the life that we have here well, on this Earth. So we we put so much focus on our, ourselves, ourselves, mm-hmm. and me the the few How I feel. short years, <laughs> if you live to be a hundred and ten, yeah. it's still very short years. Right, and so people honor. are
1: very they're very um, busy, uh, but never feeling like they're catching up. They're never you know uh, they can't they don't relax, or if they do relax, it's it's intermittent. It's always got to be you know multitasking, doing something always busy with the time. Um, uh, you know, or, or sometimes people, if they can't sit and be, just be because it's their race, that's being lazy. Other people, on the other hand, they sit all the time and they are lazy and they don't like that either. So it's a, it's a whatever place you're at, the devil's got you there for a reason. Um, and people make a lot of lists. I think one of the things we look at with New Year's is the list the resolutions. So I think lists are from the enemy. I think they just set us up to be, come frustrated. Um, I don't think there's anything very divine or holy uh, or required uh, by the Lord God that we make a list. I don't think thou shalt keep thy list is in any of the commandments. I think it's, um, you know, I am the Lord thy God, you know, actually, he's got the Sabbaths in there for rest, not for working. And yet we kind of miss all that. So,
2: well a list probably can be okay for like a grocery list to help you.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially if you're getting our age. We need a yeah. <laughs> grocery list. But, um but lists actually when you make a list and then you don't meet the requirements or you don't fill it all fulfill it all or can't check it off, it becomes kind of a, a downer uh discouragement, disappointment. You know, and then people kinda of live in that low grade depression, which is really exhaustion trying to solve the irresolvable conflict of trying to keep the list or feel better through what you do, feeling uh, worthy, uh, getting rid of guilt and shame. A lot of people have come through very difficult childhoods and they've been abused, they've been traumatized, they've been rejected, they've been abandoned and they're spending their whole life trying to be taller or be thinner or to be uh, smarter or to you know be more accomplished than the next guy so that they can feel better about themselves.
2: And a lot of uh adults uh are still working very hard to get their parents approval mm-hmm. e- even if their parents have passed away
1: right and that's that's our our parent our heavenly father is our real parent and if you don't have a dad or a mom or they've abandoned you or they passed on or you've never been able to satisfy them that's not even who you're supposed to be trying to satisfy anyway it's you know they are human beings they gave you what they could maybe it wasn't much maybe it was a lot Maybe you're grateful. Maybe you should be more grateful. I don't know. But the thing is, the point is that we cannot spend our whole life trying to make that person give us something they cannot give us, whether it's a praise or a pat on the back or, uh, you know, I know it's all about love. It's all about wanting to be loved and be good enough to be loved, but it's not really being good enough to be loved is actually a contradiction in terms because love does is not conditional. True love is not something that people can earn by being good enough. You know. So and, and another thing I think people do when they get caught up in all of this is making other people feel feel good. So we believe that if I can, you know, make them happy, if I can bear their burdens, if I can, you know, caretake them, uh, and have this burden bearing or false sense of responsibility, then somehow they will love me and they think you can't force anybody to love you but you the problem is most of us probably need to know that we um don't love ourselves we don't like ourselves we're putting too many conditions upon ourselves now who is doing that actually is that we is that Paul says when I'm doing what I don't want to do it's not me doing it would you be your own worst enemy for any good reason yeah no
2: well there's really no good reason but there are all kinds of reasons that we don't like realize. ourselves
1: Right, and and so when people do that, they become their own worst enemy, who's really talking to them? It's not very, it's counterproductive for you to not like yourself, isn't it?
2: Right, right. That's it's dividing cer- the house. It certainly is, but our whole uh, culture, world system, is is basically performance-based.
1: Yeah, it's com- competition,
2: competition, division, and,
1: and performance.
2: Division and performance.
1: And none of that brings you to rest or peace. And,
2: and the thing is, it's it's troublesome because even if you're the best, sooner or later there's going to be somebody who better runs, than faster,
1: you yep, spells runs better, faster, yep, that runs faster,
2: makes more money, yeah, shoots baskets better, whatever, uh, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so you know the thing is, again, uh, comparing ourselves to what we think is good, lovely, perfect, honest, pure, just is not what God says. Really, we need to know um and and the 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 thing that is required to keep this this life healthy is to know Jesus Christ and know his word and to know it properly so the, the word of god is as the bible says it's, it's like a a sharp two-edged sword and that sword can bring um uh condemnation if you read it that way it can bring uh hope and justification if you read it that way and a lot of people i think read the word of god with their theological glasses on, their religious glasses, or... Uh,
2: Experiential yeah, glasses. Yeah,
1: feelings, um, mm-hmm. and there's so much of the Word of God. I think we're going to talk about it in the one of the
2: shows
1: time. coming up here about the Word of God and, and um, processed, the processed Word of God. It's been so processed and repackaged. But for tonight, we're going to just kind of allude to that and get back to that with some more uh, vigor and focus, you know, soon. Go ahead.
2: I, I'd like to ask you a question.
1: Oh, yes, I love questions.
2: All right. <laughs> um, we mentioned uh, briefly about people, you know, how, the importance of love.
0: Yeah. The
2: real real, real, uh, genuine love. There's, for a person that feels like they're just not worthy of love, they have not performed enough to earn love, how someone that feels like they're not loved, how can that breakthrough happen in their lives? Uh, well, so they realize they're loved magnificently and amazingly
1: mm-hmm.
2: by their creator God, first of all. Well, that's that, where
1: it has to begin. God said, God is love. We know this, that God is love. Um, and so when we're talking the first relationship, the primary relationship that we're having, it is to be with God and not with all the people that were born into that particular family unit or circumstance, because we keep looking to those people to fulfill in us what they cannot, and probably they're looking for love themselves more than likely. So my first, my best chance at ever getting love is to know, number one, that God doesn't lie. God is faithful. God loves me. God is for me. Um, God is my defender. He's with me in my afflictions. He delivers me out of my afflictions, that God is with me. At all times, he said, I will not leave you orphans. And so this is, if you're not feeling loved in your circumstances, then start to love. Don't worry about if people are loving you. Don't wait for people to start loving you or hug you first or or, or, or welcome you into their home or their heart. You love. And there's plenty of people out there who you can start loving. And the minute you do that, you will start feeling better about yourself because you are actually doing the works of Jesus Christ, whether it's giving someone a smile, being kind to the checker, the check out person, uh, you know, blessing your waitress, uh, not screaming when you're going down the highway because somebody's driving bad. I mean, just bless them, begin to bless and love the unlovely. And this world is full of pain and most of that pain is coming out of not being loved. So instead of waiting for someone to come and love you, you initiate, go forward by the grace of God, you ask the Lord say, Lord, show me who to love, how to love, what to do as an expression of love. Uh,
2: the scripture says in 1 John, we love because he first loved us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, 1 John three eighteen 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So it's not just in word or tongue only, but it's in deed and in truth. I would say that to realize the love of God deep in your heart, where you know Mm -hmm. it, you know you're loved, two things have have to occur. I would say, uh, number one, it would be revelation. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That just just the Spirit of God, the Word Mm -hmm. of God, just gives you to that knowing in your spirit that you are loved by God. I mean, mm-hmm. you can hear the words. You can read the scripture. You can hear it. Yeah, I know God loves me, but I don't really know that I know that I know that I know that.
0: Well, the reason and that's one, happening... One yeah. more thing yeah.
2: I would say, it's because that we come to a realization of God's love for us through the demonstration, like you were mentioning earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: People demonstrating to us the love of god yeah. by showing us kindness praying for us actions not just you know nice works but the fruit of the yeah. spirit working through their lives toward right. us toward well, others th- th- that this, helps them to this see this is the
1: fruit of the, the spirit of god. of god this yes. is the this is the fruit of the true word of god it is the fruit of the spirit love joy peace that is when you're trying to untangle all for example the words uh, the translations the versions the you know denominations, the the whatever, it all boils down to the very the simplest things, and that is exactly loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, and you talk about the first one of those things, is to lo- to know that you are loved. I don't think people realize how much uh, goes on in their minds, how much discussion and debate goes on in our own souls between our minds, our hearts, and our through reasoning, through rationalizing, through assessing, through summarizing how quickly we are persuaded to come against our own selves and not believe we're loved because there's, a, there's an impersonator who comes to divide our house against us. It comes into our soul, into our mind, into our heart, and begins to whisper into our mind and heart the things that we didn't do, that we didn't do right, that we should have done, that we should have done better, the lists that we failed to keep. It, it goes back to the the resolutions and the lists that we thought we were, I got to be more, I should be more organized. I need to be, um, you know, more focused. I, I, you know, whatever, I got to be more productive. um, I'm overwhelmed. I've got to try harder, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, these are just a simple, these are just, this isn't even a complicated life where there's extra tragedies or troubles going on. This is just a basic life, but we don't realize how much we listen to these uh, demonic counselors, I call them, pious deceivers, religious spirits, false Jesus's antichrist spirits that drive us. Here's the here's the simplest way to assess what's really going on there. Reduce it down to its lowest common denominator. Where is this thing from? Is it from heaven or is it hell? Does it come from fear or does it come from love? And those are the ways. Like for example, if what you're doing cr- creates Contention, condemnation, uh, confusion—it cannot be from heaven. And but yet, I'm going to tell you something that most of us are, are so endeared, so familiar with, so overwhelmed by, so uh, used to these things: talking to us, counseling us, shooting us, you know, discipling us, mentoring us, instructing us—that we do not even consider the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us to actually lead us into all truth.
2: So there's a lot that's been said for a long time about self-talk.
1: Yeah, and self-help too. Mar- Mar-
2: Marjorie, can you talk about the relationship? Okay, you've got this concept of self-talk. You know, I should have done better. I need to do this. I've got to focus here. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It is. And how does that self-talk And, and Work? we talked about two <laughs> Yeah, two different spirits. Mm-hmm. There's the Holy Spirit and the spirit of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So is there is there like a middle ground of self-talk, or is it the Holy Spirit interfe- uh, interacting with self-talk and the spirit of the enemy interacting with self-talk? Can you just kind of clarify okay.
1: that? there is really no middle ground.
2: So there's really no such thing as self-talk?
1: No, there is self-talk. But okay. there's no such thing as... Um, it's either it's either from heaven or hell you know we think that we exist and we do exist of course and we have souls we have bodies we have minds we have have eternal destiny we have a purpose and all that stuff we're created by god we have a name um but the thing is so many of us are, are taking our life so seriously we're so motivated either to accomplish something or to prove something or to prove our worth prove our value um uh, we're so, or, or to please God, we're motivated. That is the very thing Satan uses to get us off that place, out of that place of peace and abiding, because so many motivated people to serve God have, you know, they have uh, worked, they've gotten into this religious toil, the the commandments, the laws, the legalism, the striving, the self discipline, the um, excruciating you know we we hear about it all the time people who are making these pilgrimages on their knees or or wearing sackcloth and ashes i'm not saying there isn't a time for some of these things but i'm not saying necessarily on your knees uh with the pilgrimage but you know people are so motivated to please god or to be good they're we're motivated to be good and satan knows that because he knows we're made in the image of god and god is good and god made us to resonate with desire embrace want to be good and yet going back to that self-talk the devil knows how to set up this debate and he makes this whole argument sound like me and talking to myself and so i'm beginning to and i've heard it so much that i don't even question it I I I just I just go with it like um I'm feeling irritated because why because well here's how the I, thing goes
2: I'm, I'm depressed I'm Well yeah afraid.
1: but but it it it's it's bad enough when it's contained within you but when that image that self talk that discussion moves and pulls itself into the conversation you're having with someone else it gets complicated real fast because if if you are perce- perceiving or they are perceiving, uh, let's just say you're having a bad day and you're not, can't quite put your finger on what the bad day is all about, and yet somebody comes by and they're expecting something of you and they're not happy with your work or your performance or you didn't do something, or at least that's what you're perceiving, then that just a- reinforces to you that you are scum of the earth and you're no good and you're never going to make it and that just pushes you down into further depression. Or, if someone is coming at you with a negative like that, like, why didn't you have that report to me on time or, or, you know, um, you, you drug mud in on the floor when you came in or, you know, you didn't pick up the newspaper or why didn't you, you know, whatever. when When they're coming at you with an expectation and you're already feeling like you didn't do good enough already, then the first reaction, well, there's two reactions that go on, actually. One is to take it in and And become even more downtrodden and oppressed, the other one is to get defensive, and when you get defensive, you throw it back at them, and then you have not only the contention going on within your own self, between your soul and your spirit, you now have the war that's escalated to in within the room within the between you and that other person, and that's why a lot of marriages and a lot of relationships, parents and children and da 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 they just people don't have a clue that what they're listening to, what they're responding to, what they're saying, is none of it is being originated with the Holy Spirit.
2: So what what's happened is that Satan has set up a whole set of warped perce- perceptions yeah. and filters uh, that right. pick up and, and actually misinterpret
1: Mm-hmm. But it all goes back to my identity and who I see I am. And most of us have formed our identity and self-concept concept through either our performance. That is reinforced again through the New Year's resolutions, which, by the way, I don't believe in. Obviously, you probably know that by now. But it's reinforced through that or through the constant ongoing dialogue Satan is being permitted to carry on in our minds, our hearts, and our our wills without ever being confronted. The Bible says submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. But if we don't resist him because we don't believe it is the devil, it is just me. Just me is there is no such. I am not a just me. I am a little I am of God, you know, made in the image of the great I am. I know some people have a problem with that, too. And we'll talk about that some other day. But, you know, I am uh, made by God. God knows me. He knows who I am, every hair on my head. he knows his plans that he has for me. He knows the severe trials and persecutions he is allowing me to go through because I am technically his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. he has he is refining, he is um, verifying, he is you know tempering me, if you will, according to his workmanship, and the devil, of course, is the inspector who comes and looks at this workmanship and say, I think it's got a crack, I think it's got a flaw, I think I can break through here, I can discourage. Yeah. So, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, so Satan, he's the product tester.
1: Well, not only that, but you know, if I believe a lie in the beginning, the basic two concepts are the concept of who who I believe God is and who I believe I am, and they both come out of the Word, and they have to be rightly divided. See, the Holy Spirit has been sent to cause us to rightly divide the Holy Word of God. It's not just a, you know, a, it's not a book you can, it, in, in some ways you can just read it, just read it. Just read the words for what they say. But on the other hand, it's a, it's a book that has to be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit as we read. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't like to read the Bible because they think it's just a book that condemns them and gives them more stuff to do. But, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, So so it's really the, our, who we are, our true identity, as as uh, sons you know, and daughters. Well, even before we come to Christ, the mm-hmm. Bible gives us uh, our, our identity that we've uh, we've uh, as been created in the likeness and image of God. However, we've sinned and fallen short of the glory mm-hmm. of God. We've uh, we've all messed up. But then, when we come to Christ. In, in, in true repentance, changing our mind, changing our heart, changing by our direction by the
1: power of the Holy Spirit. By
2: the power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, we become new creations in Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We have a whole new identity.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, we well, formed our identity a lot of times through, you know, like you said, through performance or what you know other people have said about mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. or said to us, um, parents.
1: That's just you know, so inadequate. It's so it's, insufficient. It's inadequate,
2: but but we people will live their whole lives by that. So what has has to happen is we become new creations in Christ by believing in Jesus. From from that point on,
1: we she have to look over. to the
2: Scripture to see mm. our. Our identity.
1: Well, Paul said to Timothy, said, be a follower of me as I am of Christ. Now you could say, wow, Paul, that was pretty arrogant. You know, as you are following Christ, follow me. Well, you know, Paul knew who he was. He knew where he was going. He knew that God was working in him. And Paul says some very important things that I think we should kind of share with people as we're, you're looking to. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to look at the time that we're in. Um, Revelation 1-3 says, the time is near. I think that's kind of an interesting little comment. Revelation 1-3, the time is near. Well, the time is now. The time is, um, today is the, uh, the, the day of salvation. Um, Ephesians chapter 5 says, redeeming the time. Um, let's see. Here it says, but all things. Let's see, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 14. It says, therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See, then, that you walk circumspectly or carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, let's back that up for a minute. Awake. How many of us are sleeping? We think we're awake. We're running here and there. We're busy. We've got schedules. We've got lists. We've got appointments. We've got unbelievable and but if you stop and think of all those things you're so busy 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 doing what is it going to matter in five years from now or two years from now or 20 minutes from now really um he says here awake wake up to what's really important this year put on you know if this would be and for some of us it will be it might be it will be the the last year of our life and we don't know this of course we don't know the future like that which is probably a very good thing but Let's just live every day, every year, every month, every week with gratitude and with contentment and and thinking, you know, this if this is it, how would I want to live this day with the most meaning, the most purpose? Because tomorrow I'm going to be with Jesus or in 24 hours, I'm going to be with Jesus or whatever. How that would be a good way to look at, I think, prioritizing and sorting out the priorities. Awake, you who are asleep. Arise from the dead. So he's not just talking about sleeping at night, although I think more people need to get more sleep at night. Uh, they can't sleep. They wake up too often. They stay up too late. They don't get up early. They, they're they groggy, foggy, and, you know, depressed, whatever. And Christ will give you light. So he's saying, awake, uh, rise from the dead. Christ will give you light. That light would be direction, purpose. And, you know, that light, I believe, is talking about the Spirit of God. His Spirit gives a witness to our spirit that we are his and we can know that we know what we know we don't have to flounder around in what well I don't I know you don't like me or I didn't do this right or blah 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 it's not about you forget it get over yourself your life is not about you it is about being a servant so many people are disputing these days with who we are well we're, we're sons of God, we're, we're gods, we're trying to be gods, we're whatever, whatever, whatever. They're just disputing over everything. But the most important thing is to know that you, we are called by God. We are sons and daughters of God. But during this time he's called us to be soldiers, sons, servants. And we're also servants of God right now to do his will that the kingdom of God can come to earth through him working in and through us. See that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise foolish people the foolish virgins came unprepared they didn't have enough oil to sustain them you know uh in their vessels redeeming the time because the days are evil how do we redeem the day
2: well redeeming the time means to it means to buy it up in other words make the most of it
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh some tra- some uh, versions translate that making the most of every opportunity mhm so um, we uh, are called by God in the Spirit of God. We are dependent on the Spirit of God to keep, uh, make us, awake us, awaken us, mm-hmm. yeah. and make us alert to all the opportunities that there are to show the love of God, to share the gospel of Christ with people.
1: That God directs us to.
2: But he needs that God directs us to personally what mm-hmm. he's called us to do. And if we, we, we are called to be tuned in, the Spirit of God is there within mm-hmm. us. We just simply need to uh, be tuned in
1: yeah, and, at the and same listening
2: time, to the Spirit of
1: God. At the same time, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, if we would see all the good that needs to be done and take it upon ourselves to do all that good, we wouldn't make it through the day because there's so much opportunity, so much need. As you look around the people who are suffering, persecuted, don't have money, don't have this one, Sometimes it's, it's overwhelming. So what we have to do is say, Lord, I'm your servant. What do you want me to right. do,
2: Lord? What would here? you have me do? And
1: then let Him
2: that's take what, care of the that's rest. That's what Paul said when mm-hmm. he was, you know, converted, transformed there on the road to Damascus. Lord, what would you have me do? Yeah. I remember just several years ago, um, quite a few, many years ago, actually, uh, the Lord just spoke something to me. He said, a servant doesn't do everything he sees needs to be done. He just, he does what he's t- hold to do
1: right right and
2: and, and so that's the thing that we got well that we can't be like the cowboy that jumped on his horse and rode off in all directions at once
1: therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is and that's exactly what you're saying to understand what the will of the lord is for me at this time Mm -hmm. now timing is very important and Because there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to dance, there's a time to refrain from dancing, there's a time to mourn and weep, there's a time to laugh. So what is the will of the Lord for me right now? And we always know the will of the Lord reduces down to peace and trust in him. And if what you're doing right now does not reduce down to peace and rest and trusting in God, then you've got too much burden on your back that doesn't belong to you. Because we should be able, you know, I mean, you just have to let the Lord carry the things that you can't carry. You're, we're just servants. It's not about me. This is his problem. My new year coming up this this week, this day, tomorrow, really, if I can go through that day, hour, week, saying, you know what, God? This is really your problem. Mm-hmm. I'll show up. I'll do what you want. I'm your servant. You know me. You know you know me, everything about me, and you know what I can handle in, in your strength. You know how to strengthen me to handle what I need to, to do. But I'm going to have to rest and trust in you because even, you know, look look at Paul's life. He finished his life. He says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. You know, Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, he says, henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of life. But if you really look at Timothy's life, um, I don't know if you could say the boy was real successful or not. Um he had a lot of churches that were small. A lot of people had departed from him. A lot of friends he had lost. Um, but he Paul's was still Paul's life.
2: You're saying the, Paul, yeah, Paul's life, because mm-hmm. yeah, he, he describes it in Second Timothy. Yeah,
1: yeah, in, yeah. Exactly. He's probably writing the letter to Timothy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So he says the most important thing here is to keep the faith, and that is the big test because everything that's thrown at us is to get us to become bitter, give up, get mad at God, go away believe that it doesn't work. That's the devil's whole point is to get you to to throw in the towel basically. Right,
2: yeah. Notice that he says I I did I have finished my course.
1: Mhm.
2: Says I didn't uh try to do everybody else's course, too. Yes. He he did. There is laid up course. for
1: me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give me on that day and not to me only but to all so to all those who have loved his appearing. Notice that this is the qualifications for greatness and glory. Is to love the return, the appearing of Jesus Christ,
2: living, living yeah, Jesus every Christ. moment in the light of His appearing, return of, of his, his returning, return. yeah. and that
1: could very well be. We're in those days this year. I I can't say He'll be coming back this year. Maybe for some of us He will, but the, to look for to love His appearing, to look for it, long for it. That is that is a a good heart test if your heart is excited about not a uh, a new house or a new car or a, a new wife or whatever, but about the returning of Jesus Christ and as you can and I can see as we're moving through time, this dimension of time, which is very temporal, we see more and more animosity and hatred uh, against the thought of Jesus Christ returning.
2: You're right, and, and I remember way back, you know, when we came to know the Lord and People would talk to us about, you know, don't do anything that you wouldn't want to be doing if Jesus were to come at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, a, the positive part of that is just do only those things that you that the, you know the Lord would be pleased with um, if He were to yeah. come right at at that moment. And uh, could I just read some things about the rest that you were talking oh, about? Oh, sure. Uh, there, there's a there's a peace, even though you can be just. You know, busy, we like to say crazy busy, mm-hmm. I don't think, because uh, you can kind of lose your mind with, with all this multitasking, but we can have a very full schedule and still be full of the rest of the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so he says, in, uh Jesus said in uh, Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 34, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Now, how many people just really, about their life, their food,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: what they're going to drink, the body, the house, um, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. You ever see a worried bird?
0: <laughs>
2: uh, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Mm-hmm. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear?" For after all these things the Gentiles seek. This, this is the, this is how that what drives the economy,
0: yeah, right, yeah, of
2: that. the world. But your heavenly Father knows that you need the, all these things. You know, sometimes our 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 uh, our wants get interpreted as our needs. We do that. You know, we think we we need to have something that, but we really just something we want. But anyway, God knows what our true needs are. And, and but He says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And, and all these, these things, things
0: will be added, shall be
2: added to yeah. you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So there's. An so old, we can
1: take worry off our list of things to so do. So
2: take, take worry <laughs> off your list, right.
1: Strike it up. Anxiety can get struck off. an old Scratch it up.
2: There's an old, uh, it uh, out. There's an old oops, church song. It's one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's mm-hmm. all I'm asking of you. Uh, just one day at a time. You know,
1: actually walking in that place of faith where you're not worrying might be an awesome way to spend this new year, 2015. Just knowing that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, that we, we can stop panicking, worry and panic kind of go together. We panic because, oh no, what's going to happen? We don't have the, the means, the time, the money, the whatever, the strength. If we would stop worrying and panicking, I think we'd have a lot more strength and energy. And God says, my okay. grace is sufficient for you. So as we walk in a place where things may change rapidly, even in our world, mm-hmm. um, that might be an awesome uh, accomplishment to look up for his return, for Jesus' coming, draws near, and also to not worry, um, to continually look to the hand of the Lord, because, because both God and Satan are always working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing. So let's see what the Lord is doing. Instead of saying, oh, no, the glass is half empty, we could say, yes, Jesus is with us, this glass is half full, and mm-hmm. we're going to be fine.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know, we could say that, well, what is there different? The difference between rest and laziness. Jesus said, My Father works up until this point. Mm-hmm. And King James says, Hitherto, and I work. So we're doing stuff. But Jesus said, It's the Father. That's doing the work. He's
1: mm-hmm. and and Jesus also said to labor to enter into the rest. So He knows that if there's a big temptation out there to be worried and impatient and fritter fretter and fret and all of those kinds of things, but we know that the the um, that God wants to give us a, a break. He wants to carry us. He's the good shepherd. Um, and so let's look at first uh, Second Peter for a second. He has given us everything that we need. It says in for and, and the. First chapter of Second Peter, he says, um, um, well, first of all, in verse 2, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those three things, grace, peace, and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Those are the things that will make you great, that will keep you from worrying, that will accomplish, a, this will be a great year if those three things abide in you and you in them. And then he says, as His divine power has given us given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, so He knows the life we need. He knows the um, the, the the necessities that we need for this physical life. He need, He knows the food, the clothing, the shelter. You know, He understands that. He's not ignorant of that. But He also knows that our life is is greater than that. It's it's it it goes beyond that. Um, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Glory is the opposite of shame. Most of us live in much shame, uh, dis- dissatisfaction, discontentment, um, unhappiness. We're not thankful. We're not feeling the glory. We're not feeling the goodness. You know, it actually feels good to to do good, to be good. It, it's It's there's a lot less friction that goes on in your mind and your conscience when you're actually just doing the, that, which you know is the right thing to do. Just do it and be it and, and, and believe God. And because when we live in a resistance to our spirit, because God's spirit is bearing witness with our spirit. When we're living in a place of resistance to that, uh, by, because we're listening to that old self talk or the demon who's impersonating us, uh, through our soul, you're going to find a lot of conflict and contention and friction and heat overheating and inflammation and anger and swelling and physical ailments and ailments and uh arthritis all those things brood in your body even when you're when there's not harmony in your spirit and our spirits being in harmony with god's spirit so he says here i'm going to read just a little bit further he says um, by which he has given to us exceeding great and precious promises, and this is what it's all about. The law didn't make promises. Jesus makes promises. The covenant is built on the promises of God. The promise came before the law. And because it is the ultimate thing God is working towards is to keep his promises, he had to keep those promises through Jesus Christ. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Now, that is God's goal for us, to be partakers of the divine nature. And we are built to have that same goal established in us to be partakers of the divine nature. That means be more like Jesus. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, isn't that the truth? You look everywhere around you, everything is lust. I've got to have more. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, uh, the sensual lust, the uh, insatiable appetites for more money, more food, more this, more that, more power, more whatever. And you know people who have more and more and more, they usually just crash and burn because it's not enough. It's not the right thing, mm-hmm. um, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self control, and self control uh, perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. So this is the progression, the building of the he, of us making us more uh, in in that the divine nature of God, the partaking of that divine nature, by giving. Us through the Holy Spirit. This isn't something we work at. This isn't something we put on our list. We can ask. You ask for, um, you know, uh, diligence. God, help make me be more diligent, more forthright, more uh, virtuous, more knowledgeable of You, more uh, self-contained or self-controlled, more per- more perseverant, um, more godly, more loving, more kind. But Lord, I am your workmanship, I'm asking you, but it is your hand that performs it in me. I surrender to you.
2: That's the key there. Uh it is the hand of the Lord, it's the power of God that does it in us. Mm-hmm. It's not really us doing it, we're asking, or seeking, or cooperating with the good work that He's done in us. And now Philippians one six says that. He who has begun a good work in you will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's, his workmanship in us is an ongoing uh, process. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it, it's, it's his work, it's his life within us, it's the fruit of his spirit. It's not just our resolving yeah, to do something right. different or uh, white-knuckling it or um, just You know, uh, going through all kinds of self-discipline processes—it's the spirit of God within us. Yeah, that's the opposite of the new
1: age. The new age is the old age of you know—it's you You know that self-ascending, you know, self-actualizing, becoming God or the God within you or bringing out the God within you or whatever. It's all a bunch of demonic garbage. Because the demon is is initiating that thought of that lusting of to be to be more like God or to be God, and um giving you that false illusion that you can be. but you know the thing is, we think we have so much power, we're trying to get more power through either through meditating or through uh conjuring up spirits or allowing demons to habitate our physical bodies or whatever it is. But the thing is, only God has the power to deliver us. Mm-hmm. And he says in Second uh, Peter chapter 2, he says, um, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of the temptations and to, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. He's talking about how God delivered righteous Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and, and he's talking about how, you know, obviously God delivered Noah and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, God delivered you from a car accident today. And what was your power to stop that? Or maybe God has delivered you from, uh, protected you from things you had no idea were even out and about Mm -hmm. prowling in your world, um, everything from germs to, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That God is the one whose hand is delivering, protecting, preserving, um, and not only delivering us from stuff, but delivering us uh, to the place of victory, bringing the victory to us. Uh, and bring us through these trials and troubles into that place of victory. So these are not things I can put on my list. These are things I say asking God. I I ask you, Lord, preserve me. Uh, I thank you. I think gratitude is something that, you know, rejoicing and everything, giving Mm -hmm. thanks These are demonstrations of our continued faith in God. And as Paul was able to say at the end of his life, you know, when he he was waiting to die, he was actually in prison when he says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Um, Henceforth there's laid up for me the crown. He says, I pressed towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus in Philippians. Um, Do you you want to read that one? Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I think you're right there anyway. Uh, Here's... um... Uh, yeah, when he talked about uh, contentment, that's, that's that's kind of, uh, we'll talk about contentment and then we'll talk about goals here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, he says um, in Philippians 4.10, he says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. There's
1: a goal you can put on your list to to be content in whatsoever state you are. Godliness with contentment is great game. And
2: this was concerning, you know, the uh, offering providing for him and his missionary team and and their ongoing ministry. But he says, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. And, And well, What are the different states where he's found to be content? Well, verse 12, it goes on. And uh, verse 13, he says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to just basically be stripped down to nothing.
0: Yeah, And I know
2: how to just be loaded. Mm -hmm. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says, "I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me." So there's a a, a contentment that he has, regardless of his state, out state, mm-hmm. condition, outward situation, or feelings. There's a contentment because it's it's in the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's just like this whole book of Philippians
0: mm-hmm.
2: is, is is verse uh, Philippians four four the theme of it, rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. And I, gave, I say rejoice. There's so something else
1: you can put on your he's, list.
2: He's saying, rejoice you in. know, rejoice even though, how about a, yeah, resolution to rejoice. Is that Yeah, and be
1: content <laughs> and to be grateful, <laughs> to be thankful, content.
2: And, and it's not really a resolution, we're just thinking of it. Lord,
1: keep I will, I will
2: rejoice. I will be glad in the Lord. Um, uh, the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So he says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, whether I'm hungry or full, whether I have nothing or I have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and the reason Paul could say that was because of what he said in chapter 3. And we were going to get to that right now. As um, He says, um, uh, he's got a, a request. He said he he gave up his list. He gave up trying to be righteous in his own strength. He says, indeed, indeed in he verse, I just, count all these things yeah. loss, and give the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain him. In other words, Paul was really getting his priorities right. It, he wasn't anymore hung up on, I've got to be doing this and that. I'm the wonderful Pharisee. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, of the stock of whatever. Talk
2: about somebody that had a a list and a pedigree.
1: Yeah, but see, he got it right. He says and here's what he wanted to do. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness. There's something else you can put on the list. He let that all. Not having my own righteousness. All that
2: uh, religious righteousness. Which is from the law.
1: In other words, his righteousness could only be coming from the rules and the keeping of the rules but that which is from faith in Christ, the righteousness that which is from God by faith. That, here's where we go. Here's what we do now. He says that I may what? Know him, number one, know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, that if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained it or attained it or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. God has laid hold of us. He is bringing us along with him, uh, perfecting, encouraging, rejoicing. And Paul says, that's enough for me. That's more than I could have done for myself. Um, I'm content to allow the Lord to do his work in me and allow me to um, fellowship with him in knowing Him, and being found in Him, having my righteousness in Him, having my experiences in Him, being resurrected through His power. And even if that means I've got to lay down my own superficial, um, inferior uh, righteousness or qualifications or, or good deeds or whatever, I am ob- obtaining these things not because I am perfect, but because I am being perfected mm-hmm. by Him. So on our list we could put being perfected by the Holy Spirit. I, mm-hmm. I think we've got a nice list going, don't worry, uh, don't be anxious, don't panic, rest, uh, rejoice, give mm-hmm. thanks, be content, godliness no. with contentment is great gain, yeah. um, knowing him, so we've got a nice list going. And
2: so, so <laughs> for Paul, Paul, uh, verse 13, He, you know, sometimes we just, again, focus on our lacks.
1: Amen, yeah, what we don't L-A-C-K-S, have.
2: L-A-C-K-S, you know. But he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He says, I don't really haven't quite fully grasped uh, the purpose
0: Anything. for which
2: Christ has laid hold of me. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, he through the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. God gave the Apostle Paul so much revelation about Christ, the new covenant and all that. And he says, I haven't quite comprehended it at all. You know, it's like uh it's like um, too
0: big too much
2: uh, it's like our, our my car i get in the car and drive and i i can comprehend a small part of it and some of the 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 equipment and the the, yeah. the, the parts of it there i have no clue how they work but i well, drive the a car it's a good
1: thing you don't have to have that comprehension oh yeah so the i can still
2: Paul said, well you know so i don't i don't understand it all but one thing i do mhm this is a good thing for us uh, as we end this year and begin the new year, forgetting those things which are behind yeah. and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus.
1: So you have to let go of something in order to you grab have to hold let, of something. Yeah,
2: you can't grab something if you got something in your, in your hand. That uh, does not mean that we... Don't learn from uh, mistakes. Don't learn from our experiences.
1: Well, some of those are God ordained, you know. Yeah,
2: some of those are God ordained for our education for yeah. instruction. But He says, "I'm not, I'm not living in the past. I'm let letting my past hinder
1: I'm not my present my, or my future. Not letting my past.
2: I'm, yeah, I'm not letting my past hinder Determine. my present or, or, or my future.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to learn from that, but I'm going to press on. I'm not going to just Live back there in regret, regret, mm-hmm. regret. Some said that regret is the cancer of life. God does If we're if we're making the most, what we talked about earlier, making the most of every mm-hmm. opportunity, redeeming the time, and living, in the, the Christ, now, living, in, living the in the now, living in the now. We don't have to be tormented by well. Regret, regret
1: is looking back, and anxiety is what mm-hmm. you get when you look forward. Uh, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof and like the Lord said so when Paul says I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus um, he knows what he's doing he is is making his he's running this race he's running with all he's got but he's running it in the the power and the strength and the forgiveness and the rest of God you can do a lot more when you're working from a place of rest than you can from a place of stress Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't wear you out as fast Mm-hmm. So we are going to finish the race uh, with Paul. I believe this year, as we bless the Lord and thank him for this coming year, which is a great privilege, that we can also know that that the Lord God is with us all, every step of the way. And um, we encourage you to uh, let go of the list, re- reassess the list, give it back to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you like me to put on the list this year? And just let him... Um, abide in you, you abide in him, and he will bring forth the fruit in your life.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh Proverbs sixteen nine, it says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So and, and in the it talks about in Psalm thirty seven, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delights in his way. Amen. And and then in Proverbs uh nineteen yeah. uh, verse twenty one, there are many plans in a man's heart nevertheless the lord's counsel that will stand mm-hmm. so let so let's we talked just about let us yeah. just get the counsel of the lord
1: and love him. you know
2: let's let's what's lord what's your plan what's your
1: well, I know one of his plans Purpose. It's very easy for anybody to understand is to love one another. Love the Lord yeah. your God with all your heart, and mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And you're not going to be able to do that if you're listening to all the fear inside of you or the, or the, the, the enemy that jabs and pokes and, and harasses and makes you feel miserable and unhappy. You're just not going to be a fun person to be around, and you're not going to be able to love truly because you're going to be so um, infected with the disease of self. But I believe, too, that we can kind of wrap this up with the idea that we are in the vine. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And, the, the, you know, you don't see any ambitious apples out there where they have their own goal and plan for their life. These apples are willing to be, abide, uh, be the apples, hang in there, allow the nourishment from the vine uh, that, or the branch that brings them to maturity and so they can become um, a blessing, a fruit, uh, a sustaining uh, factor in life giving life uh, and so that 's what we are here to do and so if there's uh do you have anything else you want to say before yeah, we kinda wrap this up yeah there?
2: I would say that you know our our time is so short really on earth you yeah. even though I you know, we mentioned earlier the even if you live to be a hundred or so it 's still a very, very short time uh it, it talks about in Psalm ninety about our life, it is soon cut off, and we fly away. In, in Psalm 90, verse 12, and I'm going to go through verse 17. I think that's a good way to wrap this up. And it's, it's really a, a, a prayer. Uh, he says, verse 12 of Psalm 90, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? A lot of times we say, Oh Lord, how long? How long before this answer comes? He says, and have compassion on your servants. Now, God has compassion on us. He says, oh, satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands.
1: Amen. That's it. That's our prayer, Father, tonight, that you'd establish the work of our hands, our lives, that you are the one who's brought them to this place. You created, ordained, called us forth, Lord, for your purposes, and may your will be done, O God, in and through us this year, this coming year, through our families, through the thoughts that we think, the words that we say, the things that we do, may they be done as unto you and by your Spirit. And Lord, may we rest our hope fully in you. May we not be all uh, scattered about with uh, lists and exhaustions and multipurposing and trying to attain, but let us rest and abide and be loved and know that we're loved. I pray your blessing and your love released upon each one tonight that's listening, those that are going to be listening through the archives, Father, that you would just encourage our hearts tonight in this day, and the days ahead, in this year. This, may your will be done this year, God, through us as we look up and look for your appearing, Father. So we thank you again for life and health and strength and every good thing. Amen.
2: Amen. for yourself.